The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Notebook Wagering here. Super Bowl edition. I love this show. It's one of my favorite shows. I'd probably say second. I love when we do March Madness, uh, but Super Bowl is right up there. And I love how close they are. I mean, we bang out right to the Super Bowl, you know, with with college football, NFL. And then as soon as we're done with the Super Bowl, we're essentially getting into, you know, bracketology. So uh, it's a good time of the year. And then right after that, well, Usually we're in baseball. I don't know where we're going to be this season with the lockout, but uh, we're kind of coming into into the best day, uh, time of sports, in my opinion. So uh, without further ado, I got Jason, I got Smitty, and Nails with me. What's going on, fellas? What's up, Q? Finally back at it. I know life's getting us. It's it's been a grind. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll just uh, piggyback off you real quick. Love this time of year. My Super Bowl betting slip basically looks like a CBS receipt. It's so freaking long right now. But I heard somebody on uh, the Visa network say, hey, let's uh, let's go for 50 bets a person. I was like, yeah, you know what? I might be able to accommodate that. Now, you throw in some golf this week and some college hoops, and I think I'm at like 22 right now. So why not? Let's go for 50. That, that's not a book. That's a Rolodex. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can get the 50 with just the Super Bowl. I can get there with the hockey and college basketball. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of things on the Super Bowl here. I'm still kind of waiting on some of these props to kind of figure this out. I've kind of missed the boat here. I think Matt's ahead of us and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, you got to love it. You get the whole thing. This is a, the whole family watches the Super Bowl, right? You got the wife watching the commercials and halftime show actually looks pretty interesting. For people my age. So it uh, should be a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Right in with Matt, you know, and. That I have not bet a Super Bowl, but that you know that's gonna happen. But a lot of college basketball, been doing okay. Maddie, I could not let Matt be the only one on the team. I'm trying to dive in these NBA props. I'm having fun with them, kind of going a lot of two and twos every night, but um, we're gonna do that. Golf, my golf will be out four straight weeks in a row. I've had a winner on my card. I'm finalizing it. It's close. It will be out tonight or tomorrow. We're gonna or maybe no, excuse me, three in a week. I'm going three winners in a row. I'm going for four this week. So hopefully I like piggybacking, taking Matt's ideas because he's a little bit more into the golf game than I am. I'm getting a little better at it, but I'm enjoying that. So um, yeah, let's get after the Super Bowl. I'm excited. All right. Hey, that's what we're here for. We, you know, we bring winners. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't charge for picks. We just, we want to make your wallets fat. We know the holidays. Some people are still, uh, recuperating from that, but uh, another thing we also do, we like to bring you good guests. That's that's kind of you know one of the things that uh, when we we talked you know to some of our fans, they want us to bring. So you know it's only fitting that for the uh, for the Super Bowl show, we bring one of our uh, one of our football friends, Smitty's hometown uh, connection, John Condo. What's going on, John? What's happening? You guys enjoying the night? Always. I'm sweating a couple bets already early, but hey, let's just rebound a little bit. But other than that, I'm doing well. I keep on forgetting you guys are on the East Coast time and 
right now it's like I can't really sit down and watch games until the kids go down to sleep. So that's <laughs> for me, I guess. That's all right, John. We love some late night action. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get a lot of Hawaii games out here. A lot yeah. of <laughs> Portland State, a lot, a lot of a lot of the West Coast teams. John, real quick, I, before I let the other guys, you brought up Hawaii. So Smitty and I always go to a University of Michigan game every year. And uh, my dad's kind of – he's like a planner, so he likes to go and get back right before kickoff on Sunday. So so we're leaving the hotel at like 3 a.m. And, you know, we're all tired. And that, we just happen to turn on our radio. And Hawaii's like in, just started the third quarter on the drive. <laughs> Great, let's get a live bet in. We let's get a live bet in, driving home. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, that's when you know you have a slight problem. I just want to chime in real quick. The one thing I'm proud of myself, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to John about the Pro Bowl, but that is one that is maybe one of the first years that I did not have a wager on the Pro Bowl. So maybe I'm getting better, and maybe I'm growing up a little bit, and maybe I'm not such a degenerate. I love it. So. Yeah, you're you're above two handed touch. So that's basically <laughs> we finally have found the line. The two handed touch is the limit. Anything above that still in play. That game was about as close as with my friends back when we did the Turkey Bowl back around Thanksgiving time. So, uh, you know, we could have done something. I could maybe put wagers on the neighborhood kids here playing in the backyard. So we'll get it. We'll get in that in a little bit. I think a safe bet in a Pro Bowl would be betting on if there's a prop bet where a non-skill player would be scoring a touchdown, something like that. I think that would be a good bet to watch and potentially cash out on. Well, well, how about the Diggs brothers? You know, flipping, flipping the opposite side of the fields. That was a little, a uh, little interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're both. Well, well uh, Stefan he went to University of Maryland, and uh, so he he's proud, proud Terp there, and uh, he's really fun to watch. And his brother came along and had an unbelievable year this year. So it's it kind of cool to see those two go at it. A lot of brotherly love. Probably a lot of competition. Probably wasn't the first time they ever went head to head. John, when you when you reach out to the to somebody like Stefan, you know, and you're like, hey, you know, played in Maryland together, like, would you say, like, does he know, like, you were a ferocious linebacker at one point in time? Like, maybe he's a little fear in his eyes there when he's talking well, to you. Thank you for the compliment of, of uh, using the adjective ferocious. Um, <laughs> that might have applied when I wore the navy, navy blue and white at Philsburg Osceola High School, but uh, I mean. I would like to think, you know, he, that he knew I was a linebacker, but uh, chances are no. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think earlier in my career, like I'd, I'd want to be known as like a linebacker or a fullback or anything like that. But I mean, I, I realized, you know, like, Hey, long snapping is, is a skill position. And I kind of started to embrace it. Obviously whenever I started getting paid to do it, um, I embraced it a lot better and then once i realized once it started to get me pay me even more like i really embraced it so. <laughs> i love it i love it Smitty, why don't we just touch the pro bowl right now since we're kind of in that groove and then we'll transition to the super bowl okay so my my one question i wanted to bring you know john you went how many times did you go to the pro bowl uh twice twice okay that's what i kind of thought but i just wanted to make sure now watching the game and again i i did not i did not watch the game really sunday and then i i saw some things on twitter and like we all joked it kind of was a two hand touch game, but you know, when you went 
Can you just kind of go into it a little bit of the experience of maybe going and maybe the style of play, maybe it was a little different when you were there than it was maybe on this past Sunday or just anything that kind of stood out as your experience of going to the Pro Bowl um, when you when you went? Well, I don't think the style of play was any different. I, I, I do. The last time I played, it was in Hawaii. We didn't punt a single time. I think we had eight touchdowns or maybe nine. I'm not sure. Um, I was definitely, I played every rep on special teams because there's only, you know, there's a lack of players and most of the starters, like your, your uh, Ray Lewis's and stuff, they play one series and then they sit on the sideline. So like I was, that was the most I played probably since high school. And I remember <laughs> the next day I woke up, I was so sore. Um, Cause I just, I just played probably like 30, 40 snaps. And, uh, and I, I do remember being out on the field and, you know, being on kickoff, kickoff return, uh, punt, punt return and a uh, field goal team. And I do remember being, you know, being on kickoff return and I'm looking down the line and I'm seeing, okay, who do I block? Okay. I block R4. And I look, I look to see who it is. And, and um, it was Patrick Willis. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Here, here's defensive MVP. Like I'm supposed to block him. Like, <laughs> I get, I get down on the field, or I run down, you know, kick off, and, and our returner's going to return it, and I run down, and uh, and he's just casually, it's a walkthrough for him. He's just casually running up, but I'm going 100%. And next thing you know, I go in, and I fit him up. You know, I get I get my hands on his breastplate, and very I'm very fortunate because I think it was our, our team, no, it was San Francisco's uh, team photographer, uh, snapped a photo of that very second where I locked him up <laughs> and it looked exactly and Antonio Brown's I think re, was a returner he was cutting right off my butt and I was like I was like I locked my arms and for literally a half a second I was blocking the best defensive player in the National Football League and, uh, and I have a picture to prove it and uh, fortunately he didn't make a tackle so I did my job uh, but after the play he kind of just looks at me and he you know he sees you know oh, your snapper like he's like that's the only reason not the only reason but obviously you're going hard and like I'm going 50 percent uh and they're all but everyone's having fun out there and uh it, it's funny because like when we were playing there's a there's a returner a long snapper and a special teamer that 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 makes the game and literally those three people are the the ones on the field that were given maximum 100 effort every time so I know on our kickoff team they always put the three of us on one side and they try to kick the ball that side because they know that this, these three people are going to go down and run the tackle. So and it's just funny. Like I'm running full steam on, on kickoff return, but I'm still getting beat down the field by, you know, majority of the team because they're going 50%. But yeah, it, it was a great experience. Uh, more so like the time leading up to it, you, you practice a little bit, but you, you go to the pool, you hang out with all the players my time, I, I played the one game in, in Florida, the other game in Hawaii. The time in Hawaii was obviously a lot better because everyone was kind of just staying at the hotel. When it was in Florida, everyone just did like hang out throughout Miami. But when you're at the hotel in, uh, in Hawaii, everyone just hung out by the pool afterwards, after practice. And, you know, you have some drinks and you just you lay out by the pool and it's basically a vacation. And it's and it's just a really good time. You get to hang out with all the best players in, in the NFL. And uh, I, I, it was honestly one of the best times of my life. John, 
Sorry, go ahead, Jason. When you were there, how hard were they coaching that week? Like you, you mentioned the R four, so obviously you have real high level special teams. Okay, yeah. Like so, it, like did did you did they try to win, or did they give you like a fake speech to try to get you guys motivated well, to win? No, it's more so the players uh, that would give the speech, like one or one guy or two guys. But it was more so about the money. The winning team gets fifty k, the losing team gets twenty five k. Okay. Um, at that time, I don't know what it is now. So it's like. You know, everyone's like, hey, let's get this 50K. The motivation, you know, is there to get that extra 25,000, you know, but for majority of players that are making five, 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year, that's not really, that's just paying their maybe one night at the, at the hotel, you know, <laughs> bar tab. So it's like, it's, it's not that big motivation factor for them. But uh, I think the coaches, they're definitely motivated because they get paid more as well. But oh, okay. you don't want to be out there as a coach trying to go hardcore with, you know, the players that you're that don't really – they want to be there, but they don't really want to play that much. John, when you go there, like, what is – obviously Hawaii, right, they don't they don't have the NFL come there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a, an NFL um, team there. But, like, when it's in Florida, right, so obviously in Hawaii you're going to get a big crowd just because it's the, the one game a year. But in Florida, like – what is the environment there? Obviously, when I know it's not Super Bowl level, you know, it's not college football championship level, but like, is there buy in from the fans and the community down there? Because, like, when you look at the stadium, I mean, it looks pretty empty uh, pretty, pretty often, but like outside of the stadium, I mean, is there buy in for that whole week or is it just kind of uh, over publicized and made to seem bigger than what it is? No. Uh, when I was there, they, we, we, they try to like, we'd have practice every day and then like probably two or three times a week they'd they'd send us out to local schools and do like run little football camps with with the youth leagues and and the one year we did like a, we built a playground um so so we are doing things for the community whenever we get there um which is fun you get to go out and interact but it's not i mean there there is a lot of advertising that goes into it but it's it's pretty low-key i mean at the hotel there's a lot of people there's people wanting signatures and, and whatnot but for the most part it's it's pretty laid back. Nails, anything? Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to get off the Pro Bowl because I officially yeah. hate it yeah. more. But I think I think John could give us some good insight here. So you're – I think we mainly associate you with uh, Raider Nation. So big shakeup there in the organization. What's the pulse out there on the McDaniels hiring? And I actually really love that he brought in Patrick Graham as D.C., I'm not sure what direction. I don't know if they've signed one. I haven't seen it as an OC, or you think McDaniels is going to uh, just run that ship too? I just wanted to see what you uh, may have heard or not heard out there. Uh, I haven't spoke with anyone, any of the players yet regarding McDaniels. I, I've, I've spoke with some former teammates that were Raiders. Um, and before the, before the hire, I, I spoke to some of the staff um, or the people, like the equipment guys and trainers and stuff like that. And I think Josh, uh, you, you look at what he did in his career with the Patriots. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a great career. I mean, there could be a lot of questions like, okay, how good is he of, of the coach, you know, without Belichick or without Brady? I mean, there's always going to be that question. So I think he wants to see what he can do. Not now I do remember him when he was with the Broncos in his first year, he, he took the Broncos to the playoffs. Um, but then, you know, soon after, you know, I think year he made it to year three, maybe I'm not sure, maybe four. Uh, I, I 
don't remember if he got fired mid-year or if it was at the end of the year or at the end of the season he got let go. But uh, if you look at the track record of previous uh, Patriot coaches leaving the Patriots and going uh, to another team, I mean, you see Billy O'Brien, you see Joe Judge, you see Matt Patricia. I'm sure there are uh, uh, Romeo Cornell. Like, really, success as head coach, it's not really there. I mean, they're they're great coordinators, they're great coaches. Um, I think I think the players are are you know, I think the people the players in that locker room they're excited because they're they're they have a good group of guys in that locker room. They're, they're team players, and and they they want to support whoever the organization brings in and. And I think they're going to do whatever is, you know, whatever is asked of them. So I think they're, it's kind of one of the things that you just kind of have to wait and see. But I can only speak on the track records of previous coaches and, and how, whenever they left the organization. I'll just make one quick statement. The only reason I kind of ask is I actually feel bad for Rich Passaccia. I, th- I thought he did a great job with what he was yeah. dealt and all the circumstances that they had to put up with this year. Now, I'm glad they got hired as, I think, special teams coach maybe down in Tennessee. And good for him. I, I thought Davis, in some way, shape, or form, should have kept him on the staff. I mean, he definitely earned the players' respect, and it got him to the playoffs. I, I think I think he kind of got a shaft. So. But it's one of them things. You keep him on the staff, and you bring in a new head coach. Then who are you taking orders from? Uh, absolutely. You know? absolutely. And, and then and then once then once uh, you know if he's still special teams coordinator, and then they give up a, a kick return for a touchdown, that coach starts yelling at special teams coach. Then the special teams coach gets mad at the head coach. And then that could cause a rift, you know. I, For sure, it's it's it, it's probably if you're going to go get another coach, it's it's best to. And I don't know if Rich would want to stay there, you know. He could he could get another coordinator job easily in the league, you know. If if you're the head job, if you're the head guy, you interview for the head guy for the head guy within the organization. They don't want you. I don't know. I don't know if I'd stay on unless unless you were. I mean, he's he was only there for what two or three years prior unless he was there for 20 years or so and he's just you know my family's out there my kids are in school and this is like maybe if that's the only case but yeah good stuff John, did you ever have to deal with that situation like that with an interim coach or a coach got left I, right? I, I had seven coaches <laughs> right golly yeah so we had so my, my first year with the Raiders was Art Shell the next year we had Lane Kiffin he got fired after week three, second or third year. Um, who stepped in for him? I, I want to say Tom Cable. Tom Cable, interim coach. Everyone liked him. Uh, Hugh Jackson was the offense coordinator. They let go of Tom Cable, brought in Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson was good as well. I, I liked him. He I, I, oh no, when Reggie came in, they, they released him or they let him go. Brought in Dennis Allen, got an interim coach, Tony Sperano. Everyone liked Tony. Everyone was fighting for Tony. Tony's very similar, like really well liked guy throughout the league, uh, just like Rich Rich was. And um, and then they decided to go with Jack Del Rio. And and so I, I I've experienced a lot of coaching changes. It's it's tough, but yeah. I think when I think that happens, because you mentioned about before you work with your position coach, right? So is it changed for you when the coach changes or does it like, like, how does it affect the players when they make those changes? Like, is it like, does it feed down or is it kind of like you're still doing your own job and you're, you're working with your position coach and 
it kind of, you know, you just have one guy who's kind of doing double duty. No. Yeah. I mean, you, you are working with your specific uh, position coach, but when a new coach comes in, more likely they bring in their own staff. So that means a new okay. position coach. What I noticed, and it was probably a good thing for me is I always felt every year that when there was a new coach, okay, here we go. I got to prove myself again, which some players, they could be like, man, I'm getting, I'm getting tired of this shit. Like, I'm just like, you know, I'm tired of proving myself, but in the NFL, if you're not on your toes, then you're getting complacent and then you're probably not performing as well as you can. So I look, I took my job very seriously. I competed every single day whenever I went into that, that facility. People look at me like, oh, John, you don't, there's no backup during training camp. It's like your job security is awesome. I'm like, I could go out here today at practice and have a snap over the guy's head and they can bring in a snapper tomorrow. Like that's the life of the NFL, in the NFL. So if I don't do my job day in and day out, it doesn't matter if it's a game or a practice, like they're going to bring someone in to do a better job than me. And that's how I approached it. So I think, I think whenever a new coach would come in, in in every year or not every year, but maybe every two or three years, it sucked because you had to prove yourself, but there was also a silver lining in that it kept me on my toes and it, it said, okay, well, new, new, new staff. I can't get lazy this off season. got to make sure, you know, you only have one chance for a first impression. So every time that, you know, we got a new coach at that first day coming into offseason training, I didn't want to look like a fat slob. I, I wanted to be lean. I wanted to look like I was in shape. Not that I was, you know, ever a fat slob, but I just wanted to look like, oh, man, this guy, you know, is business. Because not only that you're, you're trying to, to, to um, impress a new coach, more likely there's new people in administration too, whether it's, a, a, you know, a, a GM or other, other scouts or, whoever. John, with the whole situation with the Raiders, I'm not saying that you, when you were there, you had a sit, you know, like maybe circumstances like it happened this year, you know, you had the email scandal with Gruden, he goes, then you have a car accident with one of their wide receivers. And that that's a problem. It was just problem after problem. Can you just go in a little bit uh, and you don't need to drop names. I, you know, I'm not asking for that, but was there ever a time in your career that there was something that happened maybe within maybe a player doing something or in the organization and you wake up and go, Oh man, now we're going to be in the news. And now this a pain in my butt. Now I got it. Well, every day we're going to have to answer this. And maybe how does the locker room maybe come together in a situation as the Raiders did did you just ever experience anything like that, that you guys really had to pull together in a, a situation and maybe like try to really push ahead? Yeah. I mean, every season there there's uh, adversity, you know, this year for, for the Raiders, I mean, that was some serious stuff and, and I applaud them. I applaud Rich Passaccia for, for, you know, leading them through that time to make the playoffs. Uh, now during my career, there, there's every year there was something that happened. Um, whether it was an arrest or a coach getting fired. And I remember sitting down like, okay, well, the press is going to be crazy here today just because of, you know, the outside of distraction. I think, um, I think for, for a team, you know, it's, I think what the Raiders always did, I'm sure every team does this is before, you know, kind of the cat gets out of the, 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 the bag type deal. Uh, the team sits down and we discuss, we talk about, Hey, you're going to be getting questions about this. You know, let's think about how you're going to respond. You can respond any way you want, but let's just think. And, and what is our overall goal here? You know, is it to put someone down? Is it, you know, for whatever reason? But our, our goal here is to win football games. So, yeah, we could talk about this. We can answer questions about this. But 
you still got to go out there and practice today, and we still got to beat, you know, the Chiefs this, this Sunday. And that was always the mindset. It, it, it was more so be a professional. Everyone in their line of work, there's adversity. The professionals, they're able to get the job done without the distractions being too big of a distraction. So, John, I kind of want to segue with this question into uh, the Super Bowl. So, obviously, we talked pre-show. You know, you, you had the uh, opportunity to prepare for a playoff game. And now, obviously, I know a playoff game isn't the Super Bowl, uh, you know, to, to that level. But, you know, between your preparation for that game and maybe talking to some players that had been in Super Bowls uh, in past, you know, as you're in your career, you know, as your teammate – what is, you know, what's the preparation like heading into this week? So, you know, obviously it's a two-week preparation versus your just your seven-day prep uh, or your six-day prep. So, like, where kind of where is the changes maybe, you know, uh, with with scheduling or your mental approach and things like that, you know, because there is that that long layover into the game. Yeah, uh, I never experienced the Super Bowl. I never experienced the, the two-week ahead of time. But I, what I would picture is that first week after the championship week, um, you're getting out there, you're, you're going through plays, um, maybe not necessarily installing yet, um, but you're definitely going through plays because you want to keep, you know, you want to keep your body in shape and, and whatnot. It's probably pretty big. Uh, they probably self, uh, what do you call that? They, they self uh, prep. They, they go back and look at their film, you know, you know, the Bengals offense is looking at their offense, see if they could see any tendencies that they have that they're going to have to, you know, try to break up. So you do a lot of self, I don't know, uh, scouting, I guess you could call it, and um, and try to figure out, okay, like, okay, yeah, 70% of the time on third and long, we're going to the right side of the field or whatever. Okay, like they're, the other team has enough time to look at stuff like that where they're going to want to, you know, change up. Uh, and then the game week, you know, Sunday – I'm trying to think what they would do. I'm not, not really sure, but Monday you probably go in, you're continuing working out in the weight room. You want to keep it as consistent as possible with what you've been doing throughout the rest of the season. You don't want to change too much stuff. So I imagine last week and this week, they're doing the same. They're probably in the weight room. What is, what is today, Wednesday? Yeah. They're, they're probably getting two or three, you know, workouts in, in the weight room. And someone might say that's crazy because they're in week, what, 23, if you count preseason. But no, it's 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 just uh, a creature of habit where you consistently do what you're doing every week. You don't want to stray away from that too much. And then, you know, they're probably today's Wednesday, Thursday is probably their last big day. Friday, good, good, nice little uh, tempo pace practice. Get in and out Saturday, walk to play game on Sunday. Um, that's that's basically, you know, the, the schedule of the NFL. You, you, you go at it probably two Two hard days, I would say, and then Fridays and not like a half day. That's that's supposed to be fast. Hey, you're getting out there, you're running fast, not really hitting, just getting out there, going through going through the plays. And Saturday walk through, getting your body right. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, well said. I mean, it's like uh, I, I think you probably hit it, what I would assume was right on the head. So I appreciate that. Uh, in-depth answer to kind of give our viewers and stuff, you know, a look inside of a, a day-to-day or week-to-week prep. Um, so I think that's the perfect segue into the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, I, I'm assuming you'll be watching it with the family, maybe having a party or whatever. Um, do you, will, you, will you partake in any uh, any wagering for, for the game, or are you just uh, kind of – I can enjoy it. But, uh, no, potentially. 
I like to do uh, same game parlays. Get, okay. I, I like to, you know, put a lot of legs in there. Yep. I, I'm not a, I'm not a big gambler or anything. I, I like, I like to predict who's going to win. I like to see, you know, who's going to win. And, you know, I look at the point spreads and I look at the prop bets. I, I look at everything. I, for the last one, last week I did the Bengals uh, chiefs and uh, I basically just picked everything with the Bengals side, like, you know, X amount of yards, Joe Burrow, you know, touchdown scores. And it was, I think I had 15,000 to one odds on this mm. one. And, uh, and I missed it by one. And, and, and the one, it was their tight end got hurt. I had him to have 15 yards or more. Yeah, I had that. I had five so, yards. And I had 10 other ones I hit, like, perfectly. I had Bengals money line, like, under, uh, you know, receptions to certain receivers, you know, yardage, sacks, you know, random random things, which I like. It just makes it a little more interesting. Throw 20, 30 bucks down on it, and you can pay out pretty big. Absolutely. But, I'll be right I there. I think, I think this week, I mean, if, if the Bengals would, if the game would have been this past weekend, I would have probably taken the Bengals money line. Like, I just like how they're playing. I like how they're rolling. Um, they're a tough out. Not that the Rams aren't rolling right now, but I just think the Bengals are, you know, they're just so young. Even the coach is young. Um, they just kind of don't know any better. Um, and I still like them. You know, I, I still like, I mean, Joe Burrow is playing unbelievable right now. Matt Stafford, he, he's playing, he's playing pretty well as well. But the thing that scares me about him is he's been in the league, what, 12 years. He knows the hype of the Super Bowl. He's been waiting his whole career to play in this game. Joe Burrow, he's, you know, cool. You know, he's just like, you know, whatever happened. He's so young. He he probably thinks like, yeah, it's my what second year. I'm already in the Super Bowl. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make another, you know, probably six or seven or a run at a six or seven of them. And and he just played in a national championship game two years ago. So he knows a little bit, I would say, about the pressure of a big game that a lot of people are watching. But I don't know. I think I think it should be a, a good game. I, I think the Bengals are getting some points. I don't want to say that would be a safe bet, but I don't know. I think I like them. Music to my ears, John. What's that? Music to that's your ears? Music, that's music to my ears. Yeah. I mean, even, even when they got down to the Chiefs by, like, what, two or three scores – 21-3. Yeah, I mean, they, they came back, and uh, and it just seems like every time I, I turn on the Bengals this year, like, they, they were in just about every game, it's, it felt like. There's yeah. one game I remember, they blew someone out, and then the next week I was like, oh, they're definitely going to win. And then they they lost by, like, you know, maybe 20 to the team. That was the only time I saw them um, lose bad. I believe the Steelers runs that routed them, if I'm not mistaken. Who's Who'd you say? I think the Steelers ended up crushing them, didn't they? Because that wasn't yeah. that when Cincinnati pummeled the the Ravens and then got smoked by. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, they beat the Ravens like thirty five. I don't know. It was, it was bad. I don't remember Jesus. Steelers beating anybody bad, but that's a. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it was actually the Jets. It was. It was the. It was the Ravens. Uh, yeah, the yeah, Jets. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it okay. was the Jets. It was the Jets, yeah. Mike White yeah. had the career performance, the the best QB performance of the uh, entire season, and disappeared. But uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe but I'm I thinking. I look the Steelers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do know one thing. I, I probably shouldn't mention this because um, it, it kind of screws my 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 plan up. I do know that 
if if oh, I don't know, I think you can. I don't know if you can. If it is a prop bet, the color of the Gatorade. Um, is yeah. that still a thing? Is it that is. Game winning coach. Yeah, like like if I were to know, because I I know a bunch of coaches, you know, throughout my time with the Raiders, and I've met a lot of staffs. Like, if I get if I know if I'm if there is a staff that equipment staff that's on in the Super Bowl, I know I'll be calling them. You know, the day of the game, like, what color is that Gatorade? Just to see if I can have, like, an in and then. Hello, insider trading there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Not not, not the cats out of the bag. Like, I don't know. Orange is the favorite this year. Orange? Orange. Well, how many times have you heard stories that, you know, they practice the national anthem and you have people, like, camping out trying to time it and everything like that in the practice, you know, just so. Yeah. You always have those good bets on what's the first song of the halftime. So, I mean, man, that's, I mean, we go back to, again, I stepped away from the pro bowl. If you're doing something like that, wow. I mean, <laughs> Hey, my, my hat tip. Hey, I tip my hat to you. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. That's what life's about. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't see myself doing any of that. <laughs> John, do you, um, do you have anybody that you played with currently playing in the Super Bowl? Um, golly, I, I, I really don't know. I, I don't yeah. know all the roster. I'm, I'm just trying to think of anyone off the top of my head who are starters. Um, I don't think there's any starters. I'm just trying to think of, of the, the, the Rams roster. Golly, I thought there was a couple on there. I know there's a couple of Maryland guys, but I don't think there's anyone uh no i was gonna say the punter anger but no i didn't play i never played with him i had some i had some workouts with him or wait is he is he yeah he's on no is anger no i did about hacker buccaneers yeah yeah sorry i I, that was gonna be my one question before when you were talking about uh stefan diggs and your you know maryland alumni when you play as long as you did, is there pressure to make sure that you recognize all the guys who went to your school so you make sure you dab them up before they leave the field? Or do you just, like, dab everybody? If they come up to you, be like, oh, he probably went to Maryland or something like that. Like, No, I, I, I keep track. Yeah, so whenever I played, you know, pregame, you know, I'd always – we'd get a, a program, and I'd – you know, usually I'd know prior to that because we'd get the roster. We'd go through the, the team, you know, in our Tuesday morning meetings – uh, or Wednesday morning meetings and um, kind of know who the guys are. But yeah, I would, yeah. I would definitely go up to them either pregame or postgame if they didn't know who I was because I was a lot older. Like I'd say, hey, I'm, you know, I was a turf, you know, and yeah. dap up and and yeah. But I always made it a point because it's when you're at a school, it's it's you know you have a common a common bond with that. And and you know I am very loyal to the University of Maryland, and I, I and I want former Terps who made it into the league to, to, to know who I am. And I want them to know that I know who they are. So it's why I was <laughs> to say what's up. John, I'll, I'll end uh, our segment with you with, with one question and let the other guys in it. Uh, so give me, you know, obviously you're kind of pulling for the Bengals. It sounds like uh, Joe Burrow, you know, rightfully so. Um, give me the keys for the Rams to, to take this Super Bowl and give me the keys for the Bengals to take the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the keys to the Rams um, would just just to have their playmakers make plays, and and they they have the the, the ability to. Um, I think just 
it's hard to count the Bengals out, but if you get up on them early, just don't give up and just keep 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 the foot on the gas pedal. I think Sean McVay would 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 do that. Um, and I think the Bengals, I think just keep doing what they're doing and just know that it's a four quarter game and just wait for that opportunity to strike. And I think I think they've done a good job at um, taking advantage of certain parts of the game where you don't know it's going to be a factor, but but somehow it is because in, in the NFL, you never know what play it's going to be that's going to change the, the, the structure of the game that can just switch like switch the momentum like that. Um, you know, I mean, it happens in every game. And, and, and then the momentum could go back to the other team. So it, it's it's a matter of just keep, keep doing what the Bengals are doing. You don't have to do anything special. Just keep doing what they're doing. And I think the Rams, same thing. It's I think they have the player, the playmakers to make the plays the, and, and just to, if they get on top, just to stay, stay hungry. <laughs> great, great info. Great info. Well, I mean, boys, you got anything else before we let them go? No, I think that what he said there, man, that summed it up good for me. I uh, like how he kind of said what both teams need to do. I mean, I mean, we'll dive into our place here in a little bit. I think it's a tough one. It's a tough one really to how to who's going to win or who's going to handicap. I know, I know who Matt likes. and I think I know who Jason likes. I'm kind of on the fence. I got to figure it out over the next couple of days. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the Bengals have to figure out the, the defensive line for, for, for the Rams because that can definitely, you know, that can definitely take over a game. But again, I, th- I think Joe Burrow doesn't know any better. I won't say he doesn't know any better. That sounds so bad. But I think he's just young and has enough cockiness in him where he can take a hit and get back up, take a punch and get back up. Um, if it was an older guy, not that they did it to Tom Brady, but you look at the you look at games um, uh, with older quarterbacks, when they get hit a lot, you know, Tom Brady in, in the playoffs, I remember the Giants hit him a lot. I mean, they get they get rattled a little bit. And um, I think Joe Burrow, I think if the if the Rams could get at him, I think it would be a lot harder for him to get rattled, but they need to figure out a way for him not even get in that situation to get rattled, I guess. So getting the ball out quick, having a lot of screen passes, running the ball, establishing that line of scrimmage will, will do the Bengals well. Running the ball, control the tempo, take, keep, keep the ball away from the, the Rams, their playmakers. Hey, John, you before you – uh, do you still deal with the Emily Whitehead Foundation? Yeah. Yep. Uh, why don't you just uh, before like I'm not going to ask a question. Why don't you just give a yeah. little plug, little shout out for that while we have? Yeah. So there. so Emily Whitehead Foundation, uh, I'm on the board with them. We, we're raising awareness and funds to to help with uh, the doctors, the the pediatric cancer doctors, to to do their research and um, the therapy that Emily uh, uh, received back whenever she had leukemia. Um, it's an immunotherapy and, and, and it's, and it's doing really well with, uh, with how it's, it's being done to, to patients. They, they have like over a 90 some percent success rate. It is, you know, just a matter of time before the thing is, you know, widely accepted. Um, it, there's still probably some, you know, some things they need to figure out with the government and FDA and, and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's on the right right track to to get where it needs to be. But there, the doctors are working hard, and anything that we could do to help the doctors and the research teams to to provide whatever they need 
to, to get on to the next level, to, to make this, you know, to make cancer, especially pediatric cancer, leukemias and, and such not, you know, I think of the past. And I think they're definitely, the doctors are on, you know, just the surface of where they can, you know, hopefully, you know, in the next, you know, 10 years, it could be pretty well practice uh, therapy where it's, it's nothing, so. Awesome, thank you. Well, John, I think it's awesome. You know, you with the Emily Whitehead stuff, I know you've talked about it on the other show. You know, we'll we'll promote it any way we can because it's a great cause, uh, you know, great, great effort. And, you know, thank you for, you know, uh, not only her situation, but just, you know, uh, cancer studies in general. So, you know, I, I want to thank you for that. And uh, before, uh, before the game, I do want to ask if you'll shoot us a screenshot of a same-game parlay and I'll shoot you one and we'll trade it and we'll, we'll see how we do. All right. All right. Now you got to make me think. Usually I don't think about my bets too much. I just kind of like, I do it like five minutes before the game. <laughs> yeah, just, hey, fire it off. It's fun. It'll, you know, shoot it over DM. I'll shoot you mine and, you know, we'll see. Hopefully we can, uh, we can both win. And, you know, who knows? Maybe if I like yours, I'll tail it. And yeah. And then we'll go from there. So, uh, but I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what you would throw in there uh, and what you like. So I, I know at the beginning of the year, I, I, I put, I was putting money on, kickers you know making two plus field goals on games that's that was my introduction to gambling and uh but so yeah i i like to involve special teams i like to involve like tackles sacks stuff like that so see we uh, gave you homework you got homework now yeah you got you got some yeah. homework over the weekend you got something to do now send it <laughs> yeah all right cool. uh, we'll get you coming on and uh we'll get back yeah. with you we'll get you on awesome well, thanks for having me hey really thanks awesome. john appreciate the time again Take care. See ya. Always good to have John on for the show. You know, good wealth of knowledge. You know, maybe he didn't play in the Super Bowl, but obviously, you know, he knows the prep for the week. So I thought that was, you know, a good segment and a good question there. And, and you know, uh, bring up NFL or man, it's great. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Diving in and getting the, what a former NFL player thinks and played in the league for a very long time, man. Very long time. So that was great. Now it's, it's great that we have that inside with him. So uh, PO, PO pride there. So uh, <laughs> it's always good. Shout out to Phillipsburg. So hopefully we get some, uh, some people from PO listening to the show. We had pretty good hits on the first time we had John on. So hopefully it uh, will continue with this show. Hey, hey Q, before you segue into anything, I got a bone to pick with Smitty. Yeah, go ahead. Smitty, did I hear you right? You have not made a single Super Bowl bet yet. I did not make one yet. Now, now listen, it's 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 like it's like a snowstorm coming. You can't pay it couple days off. before. No, you're cut. I'm cutting you off. This is the same <laughs> dude. This is the same guy who has been ping pong. Hey, it's coming. It's coming. Listen, it's look, look, it's look. Here's the notebook. It's coming. I got I got three sheets. I got golf tonight. We got, we're going to, and then it's major focus on, trust me. It was funny, Matt, just to joke and, you know, again, follow the money. I love the show. It's on now. I get to watch it. It's so nice. I watched it in the morning then I go to work, I come home and they replay it. And they had uh, Mitch today was saying, um, uh, Matt, Matt's on this, um, Polly must be sick. So Polly's out right now. And he asked Mitch, he goes, how many bats? And he's like, I think I got 30 or 35 right now. I got to count. <laughs> So he stole Matt's slip, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, listen, 
Hey, I threw it. I can't remember last year. Very successful last year with the Super Bowl was on Tampa. I had a lot of good player props with this. We're diving in. I think it's a tight thing. I mean, I'll go first here. We can bounce around. I'm not really set yet. And, you know, I'm probably leaning a little bit more Rams minus the four. I think the Rams are a little bit better of a team. I think since he's kind of lucked out in a couple games. Now, I'm not going to say, you might say, what are you talking about? They outplayed Kansas City. They really did. I mean, that game, we could have done a whole show on that game because that was a head scratcher to me. What Mahomes was doing, the the end of the first half, going for it, not getting in, to holding the ball, since he just did an unbelievable job in the second half. So I do want to say that. But I think, again, they Raiders could have got them very easily. Tennessee should have. Tannehill could have just not been colorblind and throw to the wrong team. I think that game was fine. Uh, they would have been out. I like the Rams a little bit in this teaser spot. It's hard for me because, you know, listen to all the great people that we've had on the show talking about teasers. You know, what would be the smart play? I think it would be to take Cincinnati up more points in this. I personally, and I'd love to hear what, you know, what you guys think here. I kind of think this is a little bit, I don't think this is a shootout. You know, we've done that stat with Cincinnati first quarter unders. I think, you know, I pushed last game because I got it at 10. It opened at 10 and a half. I missed it. I think it's like 10 and 0 first quarter unders when Cincy's on the road and that slower team. I think it's a little bit more slower game. I really like Matt. This is one I think I might lock in. I'm going to look at it. I really, I think like the first half under also in this game, but Go ahead. I mean, that was mine right now. I'm probably leaning my main play Rams right now, minus the four. So, yeah. Smitty's just in the milk and bread stage of the winter storm. He's, he's out at, he's out of the, the supermarket. He's getting everything. The cart's full. He's waiting in line. And you know, as soon as he gets through there, then it's all on. So that's, that's what he's describing. Oh, it's here. on. Trust me. It's on. It's going to be a lot. There'll be, there'll be a lot. Jason, he's also the same guy without a snow shovel though. Well, I mean, <laughs> not really. I got about six. I mean, really, if we're gonna. I mean, I understand what you're saying there. Now, I'm gonna. There'll there'll be a lot. I don't know if it's gonna be as much as Matt's, because I know Matt's gone heavy just talking. Well, well I'll jump in. So, uh, right now, I'm locked in with twelve bets, and I, I every day I basically just keep adding. I'll make some bets on other sports. I'll hit an NBA prop bet, and I'll be like, yeah, I'll just parlay that over and take up another Super Bowl bet. We'll just keep it rolling. So, but in my mind, no, I've actually broke this down a lot. And you guys know I'm back in Cincy all the way and I have been for a while now. And there's one stat that I just can't unhear in my head. And it is the Rams DBs have given up the fourth most yards in football to wide receivers. Who's Cincinnati's best skill position? Wide receivers. I mean, okay, Ramsey's going to potentially uh, hover and cover uh, Jamar Chase all game. He got torched by Mike Evans. I think Jamar Chase is better than Mike Evans. I think Ramsey's going to be in for a long day. Not only that, then you have Darius Williams and Dante Dayon trying to guard T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Advantage Cincy all day. I know everybody's saying, oh, it's the D-line versus the Cincy line well, the, the, the KC uh, D-line is pretty freaking good, and they gave they only had one sack. Uh, I just think it, it's dumb. It's, it's the gut feeling, the gut play. 
but I think there's subtle advantages since he has special teams, I think is another one. I don't trust McVay in this big coaching spot. He already choked one Super Bowl away bad and got exposed. I think he's going to try to run the ball. Now I do agree with you, Smitty. I think this is an underplay. I think this is under 50 when I bet it the day the line came out. So I got under 50. It's now 48 and a half. And I've actually bet Cincy money line, Cincy plus four, Cincy plus four and a half. And I've actually hit that one twice. I'm, I'm loading up on the Bengals. I'm with John Condo. I'm rolling Cincy all day. Yeah, uh, both teams are 6-0 and in combined games on the under uh, in the playoffs. Uh, the, the, I want to say the lar- largest game was the Chiefs-Bengals. Obviously, that required overtime uh, for that to happen. Um, I, I'm on the Rams. You know, I, emotionally, I would like to see Burrow win. He would be the first quarterback to win a national championship and uh, Super Bowl. Or, I'm sorry, he'd be the third to do that. Um, so that would be cool. And then, you know, for Jamar Chase, he sat out that year. So essentially back-to-back years for him of playing, you know, national championship Super Bowl. That's cool. Um, I, I like the Bengals. I just don't think, you know, it's enough. If they were playing like last week, I thought John brought that up a good point. They were emotional. I think they could have stolen the Super Bowl. I think that week, you know, has kind of simmered down a little bit. Obviously, the, the I say simmered down in the sense of like, they're high rolling. They've had a week to calm down now. That extra week to me almost seems like that matters. Like that's kind of like a, a, a Cinderella team in, in the champ, you know, in the in the brackets. They just want to keep playing. They want to stay hot. You know, as soon as you take a break, that's when things can kind of simmer down. The other team get catches their breath and, and gets to make a play. So I like the Rams. I think you'd be safe in a teaser with the Bengals, but I think if you had to pick a straight line, then I would say the Rams. Um, I like a lot of, well, I'm kind of mixed. Um, I, I think there's a couple that you could really parlay. Like, I think Cooper Cup's going to get an anytime touchdown. I mean, the guy's scoring in eight of the last nine games. He just finds ways to score. And I think Burrow's going to throw over uh, one and a half touchdowns because, like you said, advantage wide receivers. That is their strength. Um, I don't think Chase is going to have a touchdown. I think when you shorten a field in that red zone, they're going to be covering him up. But that is going to you know, open up guys like T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd uh, or maybe t- the tight end if he's if he's healthy enough to play. Um, I, one of my there's I would say my my two favorite prop bets uh, for the Super Bowl. I've already put them in and I'm going to post them is well, three Van Jefferson under thirty three and a half yards reception because Matt Stafford only throws to him two to three times a game and he throws ducks. He's out on the pond with a 12-gauge shotgun throwing ducks. So I'm not worried about that one. I think he's an underused receiver, and we're going to see that today. They use him a lot in blocking schemes. Love Joe Mixon over 24-and-a-half reception yards in the game. He's uh, eclipsed that number in all three playoff games. And then I love over five-and-a-half rush yards for Stafford. He's going to lay everything out on the line. He's kind of coming towards the end of his career you know, in terms of trying to make it multiple times. If he's got to run for a first down, he's going to do it. And he's had over five and a half rush yards in all three playoff games. Oh, and the other one, first drive punt. I think both teams are going to come out a little cautious. It just seems like the Super Bowls always start out extremely slow. Well, that goes right into the Cincinnati. I mean, again, like I said, the first quarter under seven and a half right now. Um, I'd look at that. It's minus 115 on my book. Might play that. Again, guy, I've been, I'm looking at really fast here, Joe Mixon. I've played a lot of it. Now, Joe Mixon, three playoff games, 
played the one game against Kansas City, was off the game the last week because they were okay. So going off four of it. Receptions, three and a half. I've been playing a lot of overs with this. If you look at those four games, it's um, it's three and a half over uh, minus 145. He's three and one in those four games over that. So keep an eye on that. Rushing yards. My book had 63 and a half. So if you look at those um, one and three on those on the under with that, I don't think he's going to run a lot in this game. I think the D line is going to be too much in this attempts two and two. I have it at uh, where I can't remember what the attempts yeah. were on this, but I have them at two and two on this. The one I like, so I like the re- over receptions. I like the combined rushing and uh, receiving. I had it at 91 and a half. Um, you know, again, you look at the game against Kansas City in regular season, he had 108, then he had a 76 in the playoff game, first one against the Raiders, 105 against Tennessee, 115 last game, 4-0 in those. I would keep an eye on that. I think the rush yards are under. I like the receptions. I like the combined rushing, receiving with Joe Mixon. I'll be playing him. I've done it the whole playoffs. I'm going to continue. Yeah, so I'm curious here. I think this is the second year in a row now where you have a home team playing in the Super Bowl. Now, granted, the Rams won't have much of a home field advantage, at least on the field or in the stadium. It's going to be a pretty corporate crowd. But there probably is an advantage this week in just preparation and the fact that they've been to the Super Bowl in the last couple of years and, like, know how to handle tickets, all that, like, little stuff away from the field that we don't really think about but is a distraction. Since he's dealing with that all for the first time in 30 years and – you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a poverty franchise. They don't have a lot of staff. I'm sure these players are getting put out completely. So I think it would be interesting how much of a factor that is in the game. I agree with John where, and Q, if this game was last week, I really would have looked at the Bengals because they have all that momentum, right? It's like they've almost had a, like a week to exhale and like read the press clippings. The whole country's falling in love with them. You hear all these shows, everyone's picking the Bengals. And you know, it's all with their heart, not with their head. Um and if they were a little more of a physical team, you know, they lost Ogan Joby in the playoffs. They're up front, they're just not that powerful. When you look at the Rams when they got and got beat this year, you know, the Titans went in there. Jeffrey Simmons just tossed people around and just crushed them that game. You know, you don't see Cincy with that on defense, right? The linebackers really aren't that good. The DNs are great. Defensive tackles, like I said, Ojobi's not there. The other guys are kind of, you know, Reader's a good player, but he's not a great player. And in the secondary, they've been getting away with some guys, you know, every week, you know, and it's you basically are betting on Burrow versus the Rams <laughs> and he's done it. So it's, it's hard to argue with um, from proper perspective. The one I liked that I've heard of last year, I took it. I think I'm going to take it again this year is first kickoff, not a touchback. I think it's, it's, it, it's at like even money right now when it minus one of the six Pat McAfee kind of spilled the tea on that last year about the balls being right out of the box. They don't travel because they haven't had a chance to work them or fatten them up a little bit. So um, I think that's hit. Was it? I think Beeson had it this morning. Twenty six the last twenty eight years that's come through. So that's a pretty nice little one. I mean, even money, I'll take it. It was the better price earlier in the week. Um, I'm on the Rams minus four. Still hunting through props that I like. I'm trying to get a real picture of how this game's going to go. I really agree with what the narrative you guys have kind of said. Where lower scoring than you think. Um, tight early. Probably will loosen up in the second half. Probably going to skew my props that way. Um, I do think that the Bengals have the better explosive talent, but I don't think they're as good on the lines. So I think it's really, will that finally catch them? Because, you know, it looked like it caught up to them in KC when it's 21 to three. And I thought I was looking great with my minus six and a half. 
And, uh, and it all fell apart from there. They got the momentum in that game when Kansas City decided to try to go for a touchdown and some field goal. You know, who will make that first mistake in this game? Because I, I do think it's close enough. But I just think if you play this game 10 times, the Rams are going to win six of them. So that, that's the team you bet on, right? So, Matt, I want to ask one guy I know I've kind of marked a little bit, you know, played a couple games here. Is Akers the running back from the Rams? I wanted your, you know, because you dive a lot. You're a big player prop guy on the team here. And what's your thought? I have it at 63. And looking at that in four games, now what, you know, he's coming back from an injury. So the one game he barely played, if you look back at it, but I have in my notebook here, he's 0 for 4 hitting that mark. What's your thought on Akers and what's the smart play on him in this? All right. Well, here I'm going to touch on yours. I'm going to touch on two accused as well. And then I'll give my quick list. Uh, Starting with Akers, his shoulders still dinged. Uh, Daryl Henderson comes back. And they still have Sony Michelle, even though he's just a plotter. But I think McVay is going to see how the Raiders and the Titans actually ran the ball on Cincinnati and try to implore basically a three-back attack, control the clock, make no mistakes. And this that's another reason why I like the under. I do not like Akers over the yardage. And I actually have a prop bet already. I have Akers under the 16 and a half rush attempts already. Cue for your Van Jefferson. I'm actually the other side. I actually think he gets a, a bomb somewhere in there. I think he goes over because Stafford loves to throw deep. Yeah, you know, like you said, he sure he throws the ducks, but he's not afraid to take that chance. And neither is McVeigh. So I hope the actual Rams are trailing and Jefferson does get one. And then somebody made a great point about Stafford and the rush yards. And it's basically exactly what you said. But most of the people seem to think that the Rams are going to be winning this game. And at the end, Stafford potentially could get three kneel downs and somehow backdoor that to the under, which scares me. And I haven't touched it yet, but I actually like that theory. And it's one I'm going to look at. So a couple other notes that I have here. I took Burrow passing yards over Stafford. I have Burrow over 24 and a half completions. A huge pizza money flyer. And this is based on if Azuma, CJ Uzoma doesn't play. Drew Sample first touchdown is 29 plus 2,900. And Smitty, you summed it up in Q, you summed it up as well. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna try to just shut down Chase in any type of red zone. Higgins as well, and he's their big play guy down there because I think he's six five. But man, if sample can just sneak out, I don't know, maybe it's second and goal from the one, you do a little fake dive to mix in and sample rolls out and you get that little curl route. That, that's a look for me. I also hit the no touchback and I bet that early and I got that at a plus number. I got it at plus 105. I think it's even or even down to minus 105 now. And like I said, I hit the Bengals uh, in every way, shape or form. And then I took another flyer on Sam Hubbard to just get over a half a sack. And I think, I think they're going to concentrate more on Hendrickson and, and roll the tight end over there, especially because uh, Higby's out that Blanton's more of a blocker, even though he played well. And I think Hubbard should get one-on-one. I hopefully he can sneak in one sack. I think one, too. It wasn't in my book, but I saw it on some others. And I hit it last game is McPherson, the kicker for Cincy, over seven and a half points. You know, if you look at this game, 
if they can get, I mean, the guy has such a leg, they can get past midfield. He's kicking a field goal. There you get three points. If you think this game is a little bit higher score and you get the extra points too, I think that's an easy win. I saw another one over one and a half field goals. I'd love that one too. If I could play that, I could see him having absolutely more, um, maybe two to three field goals in this game. If the Rams, if the Bengals can move, then this Rams defense tightens up in the red zone to get an easy field goal there. Matt, I'm glad really quick on the acres. I both in my notebook, I both uh, had the 16 and a half rush attempts under, and I did have the yards under. I really like that play too in that, um, in that. And just one more really quick cue, then you can go, you know, it's tough to, pass up on Cooper cup, man, 16 and four on the overs and uh, reception yards this year um, in the season. So, I mean, it's hard not to, and I mean, the last two games, 183, 142, and right now I think they're sitting at 105 and a half. So it's tough maybe not to play that. Real, real quick. I actually heard a great cross sport prop. Now I haven't been able to find it on the rivers or even MGM grand, but somebody said hit it hard, and I was like, man, I wish I could find this. It was Rams total touchdowns versus Jason Tatum threes on Sunday. And I was like, oh, man, I really like that. And Tatum's been playing well, and the Celtics are actually on fire. So if you can find that, give it a look. See what kind of number you get. I don't have any more props. I'm, I mean, I'm going to keep looking throughout the week, do a little more research. I gave you my, my six that you know I'm pretty confident in right now. I've already bet uh, three of them. Um, so, I'll, you know, if I find any more throughout the week, uh, I'll start tweeting them out. I know I've been a little inactive posting plays, uh, so I'll be better about that, you know, for everybody. Uh, but if you guys want to, you know, Jason, if you don't have anything else, maybe you don't, why don't you guys uh, tailor right into some golf action? Yeah, well, I'll go first because mine's not finalized yet. But, um, you know, again, the golf's been a lot of fun. And last week was a nice one. Tom Hoagie with the win. I had him top 10. I know, again, I've been trying to, been on doing okay. Hit uh, Harmon a couple weeks ago with a really nice payout. So hopefully it continues. I'm really close. I will put mine out on Twitter tonight or tomorrow morning. Again, I'm going to try to do what I've been doing, try to pick a winner. My winner last week was real bad, but uh, I'm going to try to get, pick a winner, maybe two top, uh, fives and maybe two to three top tens and give it out. So, um, but I know Matt has some guys he likes and uh, some of the guys Matt has is on my first draft sheet. So Matt, why don't you take it with some golf here? All right. So golf, uh, this tournament shapes up just like last week, um, basically the same kind of play, except the crowd here actually does play. So this, this tourney gets some hype and it gets a much tougher field. Uh, a DFS line. <laughs> is JT, Matsuyama, Shafle, Aaron Wise, Siwoo Kim, Matthew Neesmith, and Wyndham Clark. Now, uh, I originally liked Webb Simpson. He just got scratched. He's done, which is a, a big play. Uh, and one of the big uh, – I had him down champ. too, Matt, so that's yeah. – thank you. Okay, good info. Prior champ, so he's gone. I've made four bets so far. I took – Two guys to finish in the top 30, both at plus 175, and that's Pat Perez and Aaron Wise, two longer shots. I took Aaron Wise in round one to beat out Matthew Fitzpatrick and Matthew Wallace, and I put, I put just some safe money on Jonathan Tom, John, or Justin Thomas to win. 
that's more to just cover my ass, basically. Uh, I'm not in love with it, but he plays well here. I think him and Rom are going to be in it at the end. So hopefully one of my other guys can sneak in there, though, and snatch this trophy away from him. And that, like, like I said, the guy in my DFS lineup that I like and probably will bet maybe for a top 10 is Wyndham Clark. Yeah, great info. I mean, the crowd, the crowd should be a lot of fun. I mean, the crowd goes crazy in this event. So, I mean, it should be a lot of fun. I, I will say on air, one of the ones right now I'm leaning maybe to win is Justin Thomas. I'm kind of leaning him maybe to win this tournament. So um, odds weren't bad for him to win, but uh, I'll dive into a little bit more on that. It, we did confirm Wyndham Clark is not a hotel. He's actually a guy who plays on the PGA Tour. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, way to go. You're going to burn my uh, Wyndham Clark train here. I, I'm like, you do this, like, it, it, it was Seamus Power came out of nowhere. And I was just like, get the hell out of here. That, that's not even a real name. Like, <laughs> so to look that shows you the level of research about he's doing on these golfers. He's pulling out guys that I watch fairly regularly. And I'm just like, who? Okay. But um, if he says Roy McAvoy, Tin Cup, then I'm really going to have to really look into something here. So. I like this. Rivers has this out here. This is purely fun. This is there's no statisticals. Over one and a half holes and ones during the waste management open plus one eighty. I will take that because I think these guys are really trying on sixteen to get a hole in one. And I heard the course is playing fast, so you're gonna get some roll. And then when you get some roll, sometimes you get those things rolling in. I think that's a nice little fun. We like to call that pizza money. That's pizza money right there, and uh, that'll be an entertaining one to watch between. Uh, Super Bowl preview shows there to see who can get there because you have that for the whole tournament too. It's amazing you just said that. There is a another cross-platform Super Bowl bet, and I don't remember it exactly, but it's holes in one at the Phoenix Open for the whole weekend, and I believe it's versus the Stafford passing touchdowns. I mean, for for people who. Fun, fun stuff. That that's something just to throw out there. You know, it's funny you say that because I have not found those fun props so far. I, I use a couple of the sites, and they have been boring as heck. Um, yeah. I think there's been. I think people have had a little too much success with these props because a lot of these, especially the fun ones like those, you know, they can do their best to get the averages. Uh, how often does things happen? But you know, there's a lot of liability on their side, and I think with the proliferation of online betting, the props has kind of like shrunk down. Unless you go to the ones that are offshore. But uh, and that's no fun. I hope that I want to see more some more fun stuff on Bet Rivers and Bet MGM and Fox Bet. So I'm, I'm calling out to them. Give us give us the fun props. We want the fun props. I hear about them on Vison all the time. I want to bet them. Show them to me. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking. I can't even find. I mean, I bet it last year on Fanduel. I can't even find the uh, is will the first kick be a touchback or not? So oh, they so. were going crazy on Vison the other day. They were they were talking about like. Um, Something, you know, something in the Super Bowl with how many games Purdue will win in the March Madness and in the tournament. And I mean, Indiana and I mean, it was crazy. Some of the ones they were, you know, they were talking about the Indiana one. They're like, I don't know, because then if they're in the eight, nine game or even lower, they could lose quick. I mean, that's that's hard to even not seeing a bracket. I mean, that's it's a lot of fun, but that'd be tough though. There was one that they said is getting hit really hard. Now, I'm going to guess this is probably coming from the Westgate in Vegas. And it was Cooper Cup yards receiving versus number of games the Yankees are going to play. Because with the baseball strike potentially looming, people are like, well, well, this has to go under in favor of the Yankees. 
But who knows? Maybe they're going to still play 150. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, real, real yeah, quick, real quick before I know we're going to go here soon, but I just want to go really quick because I know most of us are gambling college basketball. Is there a team or two that right now, every time they play, or Matt, I'm even going to throw this out. Let me change it here really quick. College basketball, a team or two, or an NBA player prop that you, every time you're hitting it, man, hard. Uh, well, for, for right now, when the Lakers play, if LeBron sits, I'm betting money on Malik Monk to go over points. The dude, he should be in their starting lineup. He should be their third leading scorer probably every night. But when LeBron plays, they kind of bring him off the bench and it struggles. Another guy I love is Robert Williams for the Celtics to go over his rebounds when they go against a, a bad rebounding team. He's he's not a monster, but his, his rebounding props usually toy from seven to nine, and he's usually getting over seven to nine every time. He's He's been solid for me. And then college, it's all about finding the hot team right now. And a team that I've actually been riding out is uh, St. Louis. Billikens. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So for college basketball for me right now, it's just you really have to look at those home dogs, especially the ones you I think have no chance in the game because they've been feisty. Um, you saw Auburn barely sur- didn't survive at Arkansas. You know, even a line that looked a little short. Um, Penn State somehow covered against Michigan last night. A little bit of a miracle there. But Northwestern takes out IU. I think you got Rutgers tonight going against Ohio State. Like you look in these power conferences. These teams at home, especially this time of year, the legs are a little tired. The shots don't go in. Um, you know, you can get – the line looks a little too short. It's probably – you should probably look at that team to take them. I think that's probably the best uh, value right now. Um, and then, you know, a team like Wyoming out in the Mountain West. The Mountain West has a bunch of good basketball teams. I hope they get to play in March. I hope we get to see them in the tournament because um, I've seen them late night. Fresno's a good team. Wyoming's a good team. Colorado State's a fun team. Um, even Boise, Boise plays defense or not as high scoring as they've been in the past, still another good team, but the West has a ton of good teams. And, you know, we keep talking about the ACC being down. Um, the big East doesn't look all that great outside of a couple teams, you know, Hey, let's, let's put the West coast teams in. Let's learn about these schools. Hugh, is there anybody that you really eyeing up? Yeah, there's a couple, uh, I would say the two that probably come to my mind, you know, non-powerhouse teams, I, I think SMU could be a pretty, I'm not saying they're going to go extremely far in a tournament, but like, I would not want to match up with them in, in the first two rounds, you know, they're scrappy defensively and they can shoot well, uh, they, they can run, you know, all 40 minutes. Uh, another night plus the seven, they're down two right now, so. Yeah, now, I mean, granted, Houston obviously lost some major stars due to injury, but still, they're still you know, a, a top 25 team and there's still quality uh, bench players that, you know, would start on most any other teams. A- SMU is a scary one. Uh, I think Providence, I mean, Providence has been down in some games pretty big. Uh, they're, they're a team, I, I, you know, I'm not saying, you know, elite eight, anything like that, but they're a team that, you know, could they absolutely upset somebody in around the 32 and make it to the sweet 16? 1000%. They play great team basketball. I think they have a fantastic coach. Um, and to stay in that conference, I like Marquette. I think Shaka Smart, you know, where he struggled, where he succeeded was VCU, right? They outran everybody. Teams thought they were a layup, and they went on effort. 
when you go to Texas, you're starting to play big dog, big 12 basketball. Um, and he kind of got exposed in my mind at Marquette. They really haven't been great since Dwayne Wade, you know, in my opinion, they've had some decent teams. Um, they're a team that can beat you on, on, on outrunning you, you know, yes, they're, they're better than VCU in my opinion, but, but you look ahead of them and they're going to beat you. Uh, I believe they have the most quad one wins of any team in the country right now that, that speaks to their team. Um, those are probably the teams that I, that I would say like non power five, those, I like those. Yeah. My two that I'm on and I'm on every night, uh, every time they play, uh, last night was another winner Toledo's team points. I think I'm about five in a row with them. Keep an eye on them. It was a tight one last night. They got one. They got a layup with about three seconds to push at over against Ohio, against a really good Ohio team. Uh, those two, are, I said it on the some of the last shows. I love the MAC. I think there's some really good teams. I watched Toledo Friday night. They had to go into Ball State. Ball State was playing unbelievable in the first half. Um, Toledo lost the game ball state beat them. And then ball state dropped the game last night against somebody. Uh, can't remember who they lost, uh, by, um, but the team points, I'm really eyeing up the team points with Toledo right now. It's about four or five in a row for me with that. Another team I gave it out yesterday and I hit, it was a real late game. Uh, Santa Clara, um, they, they were at home. They were plus two and a half against, uh, St. Mary's Herb Sendek the old NC state coach from years back. Um, very good team. I wrote you guys about a week ago and I said, keep an eye on them. They are scoring points and they're beating people in that. That's a very good conference too. You got the Zags, you got, um, you know, Zags are right there. I'm, I'm losing track who San Francisco had a bad loss last night. Um, BYU is not playing well right now in that. St. Mary's again, Santa Clara. Watch for Santa Clara, man, to sneak up there and maybe compete a little bit. Spread you out, shoot some, some big guys. I really like Herb Sendek's team with Santa Clara. Easy, I'm not an easy winner, but they won by about five or six and they were plus points. I've been cashing with Santa Clara. So keep an eye on them. Those are my two favorite teams right now to bet on. Fortunately, I think the West Coast is fading there. There are a bunch of good teams, but unfortunately, they're not building the resumes right now. BYU's fading off, San Francisco's fading off. You're going to see. Quality in IT, but not probably going to be the NCAAs. Hey, can I give you a, a fraud? I think UCLA is fraudulent. I really do. Uh, I think they're beatable. I think, you know, obviously Johnny Juzang, you know, uh, he's kind of a little banged up this this year. He had uh, suffering some minor injuries, and then he had like a COVID protocol situation. But I, I just don't. I just don't see them, um, them and Baylor. I think Baylor is easily beatable. You know, when you lose two guards that, you know, are, are prove, you know, going to be proven NBA starters, in my opinion, at some point, um, those are the two teams. I, I just, from last year, what they did to this year, it's not translating in my mind. Uh, I think they're two teams that could make an early exit in the tournament. I think one thing, like when Jason sent that today on, in the on the text with all the odds for these conference and we'll get into it coming up when we get in you always look for value and i mean i think we were rattling off teams that i think a lot of teams could can really knock some of these teams out i mean i don't think there's a definite team this year that's just locked and loaded in consistently you know you listen to some people in beast and they love duke they're they've, they've been bragging up duke for two straight days i've been listening to it i don't see it i don't 
I've, I've called Duke out all year. I don't like some of their guard shooting. Um, I think if you get some guys in foul trouble with them, they're talking about how they're going to go. I'll tell you a team right now. If I had, and I have not, I know Matt has a ticket on Auburn, which they're, I know they lost last night, but a very, again, going on the roads, extremely tough on a Tuesday night. Some of these places, I really like Kentucky. Kentucky's deep. A lot of guys can score. Keep an eye on Kentucky. If right now, if I had to put a ticket on somebody, and again, I, the odds would have to be pretty good um, to do it. I really like Kentucky. So there, yeah, you know, it's. I thought Baylor was okay until they forgot how to score, and it's killing them. And um, I agree with UCLA. It's just too many like weird losses. Like they, they haven't gotten any momentum at all this year, and the Pac-12 hasn't been great. Um, they should have been able to roll through that conference. And uh, Arizona too looks like they're kind of getting figured out a little bit. The, the guard play on some of these teams just isn't good enough to get them through. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Here's here's a little summation of the NCAA this year. For, I think for the first time in a long time, Vegas has a bet out there. Will the national champion have four or more losses? And it shows, hey, there is no dominant squad. And you might only get two teams to the tournament with less than four losses than in the power squad. One's going to be Gonzaga because they're going to run their table out there. They might stub their toe in their conference tourney and go in with two losses. And then somebody else might sneak in there uh, like a Providence if they can run theirs, but I see a stumble there. Other than that, it's going to be a 27 and five kind of team. That's I think going to win this year's tournament. I hope you're right with Auburn Smitty. I really like them. Sure. They stubbed their toe. Arkansas brought the fire last night. The largest crowd ever there. It was raucous. I mean, the sec is actually probably the best conference in college basketball this year. They're, they're loaded. There's really no just trash team, in my opinion, there as there is in some other leagues. And before we sign off, I want to give a guy a shout out on Twitter. Uh, Jason and I are doing a little hockey, hockey pick 'em bet scoop fan thingy with a, a guy named Kong the Monkey, but he actually goes by Monkey Capper. So what we're doing is we started February 7th to, I believe, February 27th. You can pick no games, one game, or two games with a certain criteria to bet on. And uh, I guess it's basically just bragging rights and say, hey, who knows their stuff? So Jason and I got in this, and uh, one of us will tout the leaderboard for just today. So just a little shout-out. We won't say who, though. So, Smitty, I'm trying to look forward just to end your point on Kentucky. I know, you know they're a team that can make a run. So any, I believe it's any year the Braves – made the world series in that same year, Kentucky made the championship. You can't make it up. So the Braves obviously won a world series. We'll see if that trish continues. It's happened five times. They said something too the other night though. I think all the starters are scoring in double digits or it's something like that. And they said the last time that he had a team like this with those stats they cut down the nets too. And that's not, I mean, I like trends and everything like that. I just think it's a very good team. It's a deep team. I think they could make a run. Um, and again, like, you know, Matt said, I think Auburn's an extremely talented team. Um, I think the Zags are too, but the one thing I think Jason, we brought this up and I think Jason has hit on this and they have brought it on other shows. 
the lack of competition, you know, the league's a little better. Cause I get, I like Santa Clara, BYU, you know, losing some games, San Francisco, they just don't play the top talent, like maybe an Auburn that is going to compete every night going. And then they get in the tournament. If they get in a tight spot, you know, it could be trouble. Baylor's kind of faltering a little bit on that. Yeah. I think it's wide open. I really do. And I, I am going to say this because Jason's going to agree with me. And we said it, I know this might put a smile on Matt's face. We said about Syracuse a couple weeks ago, and I joked and said they lost to Georgetown. Georgetown can't beat anybody right now. But I said, and Jason agreed with me, keep an eye on Syracuse. It's a team that gets just sneaky good right around this time. We'll go in the ACC tournament, can do something, and then they get into like that 10-whatever game or one of those crazy games, and they make a little run. They can score. I took them against Wake Forest. They put on a shooting clinic that night. They're scoring points right now. Keep an eye on Syracuse just to maybe sneak in the tournament and maybe cause some teams a little bit of a headache. So they're about 20 spots below where they were last year at this time. So they're a little bit behind schedule. But you're starting to see four straight wins in the ACC. There's nobody scaring them in the ACC. Um, They're a terrible matchup for Duke because Duke can't shoot from the outside. Granted, Duke will kill them on the boards. But, like, that 2-3 will present a problem. If they're hitting their shots, the Bayheim boys are making shots from the outside. They have enough three-point shooters, too, that they can definitely be scary. I totally see them win the ACC tournament backdooring in and playing the 11 playing game again. I hope you guys are right. But, literally, you guys might be sniffing some heroin. <laughs> I'm we, straight, Matt. Ain't We're straight. So, so, look at the remaining schedule. They have to go to Virginia Tech. That's a possibility. That's I'm just saying that's a possibility of a tournament team. Boston College at home. Win. I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them a win there, even though that BC gives them a little bit of problems. Georgia Tech they should beat. Notre Dame I think they should beat them. Then they go Duke, Carolina, Miami. I think they get smashed all three of them. They just don't have the size, in my opinion. No, I agree. So Duke is probably a problem. They get them at home in the Carrier Dome, and the the fact they play two three Duke, you know, that's a team that if you don't you don't have to extend the defense against them. They don't have anybody from the outside that's going to scare you. Um, But and then which call you talk North Carolina. North Carolina, you talk about fraud teams. There might be one right there where like forty fourth in Ken Palm at this point in the the time of the year. That's crazy. And then North Miami's kind of falling off a little bit. I like Miami, but. Uh, they're not – I mean, Syracuse, I'm not saying they're going to run the table, but they could come into this hot. I'm just saying they're just doing it again. There was a point they were dead this year, and then here they are. They're, they're going to come back. They're going to do the same thing, probably win the ACC tournament, play Penn State in the playing game. So so if they, if they <laughs> just go four and three over these last seven, that puts them at 17 and 14. They're definitely going to have to win three tournament games. Yeah, that's just too, that's just too many losses this year. Like you said, if they if they had cut out two of those losses, and I'm going to cough at the one Colgate. I mean, come on, if you don't beat Colgate, it, it, well, that's they lost the Georgetown Colgate and um, and Pitt. They struggle against Pitt, and I don't understand why because Pitt is pretty bad, but. Hey, I love your guys' gusto. I love it. I, I hope I'm not even going to think about it. I hope in one month I'm cheering your guys' logic here. 
I mean, 1913 going in the ACC tournament might be enough because they're going to still put in three or four ACC teams, and these teams are eliminating themselves. So I hope you're right. All right, boys. That's all I have for uh, Super Bowl. Obviously, you guys covered golf and uh, college basketball. We had a little a little run on show this this weekend, but it uh, you know we got obviously Super Bowl is a huge thing. You bring on a guest and you want to touch some other sports, so it's to be expected. But um, that's all I have. If you guys don't, you know, we'll we'll come back uh, next few days with a college basketball show as we've been putting them out. And uh, as always, bang your bookies. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.